here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. We're heading into week 10, getting into the the end game slowly but surely as far as fantasy goes. For some folks, you uh, you cut your season short a little bit early. You don't use maybe the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, we uh, we ride it out. We ride or die. We go uh, all 17, 18. If it gets to 20, we'll do 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are, uh, we are looking forward to helping you out again this week. Got a couple teams going on the bye in week 10. The Chicago Bears, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, which will be a hurt piece for a few of you folks out there riding them. Uh, the New York Football Giants and the Houston Texans. Pat, what's going on fantasy wise for you? How's your week going? I can't complain. I'm I'm looking at probably four and one in in my five main leagues that I that I play in. So I can't can't complain. The only the only loss I'm taking is a a league where I think I only have one loss so far. So it doesn't hurt that bad. So I overall had a pretty good week. I was looking at the uh, the bye weeks before we started, and I'm like, wow, this is you know week seven we had six teams on by five of those teams were, you know, really chock full of fantasy relevant players. And, you know, we go into week 10 and it's like, yeah, don't have any of those guys. And they all suck. Um, yeah. I mean, other than Cincinnati, uh, really not going to be losing anybody on most of my, most of my rosters this week. Cause I just don't have a whole ton of, of these players from these other teams. So, you know, we'll get into the waiver wire here in a minute and, let you know who to pick up. We're, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Going through the, the waiver wire pickups, I was, I was looking at all these wide receivers and I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Could pick this guy up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot and, of them. <laughs> yeah. So rather than than individually talk about every single one and, and you know, what makes them a potential waiver wire pickup, I, I figured what we could do this week was just kind of run down the list of there's about 12 or so potential wide receivers that you could add in any of your leagues. And then each of us kind of give a, a quick ranking of, you know, how we view those guys for the rest of the season. Or if you want to rank a guy a little bit higher or lower based off of, you know, a matchup or whatever, you know, do that as well. And, and just kind of give people a, as many options as possible out there for wide receivers and, um, and just, kind of let them go with with their gut on that and I think that's what fantasy football really is. I mean, yeah, if you're listening to us, you obviously respect our opinion a little bit at least, but in the end it's your team and you're the one responsible for making the the call who you want to pick up, who you want to start, who you want to sit. So, uh we do appreciate you listening and and hopefully taking some of our advice, but remember it's your team and it's your call and you know, you got to live and live and die by the calls that you make. So if you feel like we're maybe off on something, you know, go with your gut and, and do what you got to do. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, wide receivers right now, uh, looking at the running back pool outside of injuries, you're not going to get much action out of that. You could get lucky pulling a tight end in a flex concept. But yeah, the wide receiver market seems to be open for business. And yeah, looking at the names you brought up and, and a couple I was looking at too, It's it seems like there's you know, some of it is based on different players and, and different schemes and the matchup week to week. So you're seeing second and third wide receivers that are just being thrust into a lot of teams really don't run the football as much. And, you know, they're running basket fantasy points. Sure. But a lot of that is PPR based and 
touchdown dependence and things like that. So even the running back by committee stuff is by the wayside a little bit versus, you know, quarterbacks dropping back and throwing 30, 35, 40 times a game. And these wide receivers are being put into these schemes and you're seeing some of the rookies step up. So I know that's some of the names uh, that we have on the list here for you today. And, and Pat said it right. You know, we'll give you some info. We'll, we'll try to help you read through the tea leaves. But at the end of the day, you make the call. Whether you win or lose, at least, you know, you made the right call for your team. We're going to try to help you do that today, talking about these wide receivers. All right. So let's jump right into our running back waivers. There wasn't too many waiver wire pickups. As a matter of fact, normally when I sit down to sift through the waiver wire pickups, I'm usually looking for guys that are less than 50% rostered in, uh, like I said, the three main leagues, the three main websites that you know most people are playing on. I, I did not include uh, Sleeper on that because it's, it's fairly new. I think I'll, I'll probably start doing that, but NFL.com, ESPN.com, and Yahoo, um, probably a majority of the people play in one of those three website formats. So unfortunately, this week, like I said, there's not a lot of guys that are rostered under 50% in those leagues, just due to the fact that, like you said earlier, running backs are a lot more coveted. There's there's very few, I guess, diamonds in the rough that are left on the waiver wire at the running back position. So, But what I wanted to give our listeners was just a couple of names that maybe are not rostered enough that need to be rostered more. And uh, two of those names both play for the same team. I'm talking Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols. Peterson is only rostered in 53% of leagues, which is understandable because when Derrick Henry went down, Peterson was not on the roster. So a lot of Derrick Henry owners may have, you know, initially gone out and just, you know, saw Jeremy McNichols as the number two and picked him up. And, and McNichols is rostered in a few more leagues, 64% rostered. So he's a little bit tougher to, uh, to to pick up off the waiver wire if that's what you're looking to do. But like I said, Peterson's available in about 47% still. He actually led Tennessee in carries in his first game, which is kind of impressive because he's been out of football for the beginning of this year. Yeah, timeshare might have saved his legs a little bit last year. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's going to be in one again this year too. Yes, um, so, But he did lead the team, like I said, with 10 carries, uh, scored the only... Uh, rushing touchdown. I shouldn't say the only rushing touchdown. Ryan Tannehill scored a rushing touchdown, but the only running back rushing touchdown of the game. You, you can tell that he doesn't have the pop that he had in his heyday, but he's he's still a serviceable running back. And I think as time progresses and he gets more carries, he's gonna you know get stronger and start to understand the plays a little bit better. And the more he plays, and that's always been the way Adrian Peterson has been. The more he plays, the better uh, he seems to be. So. Yeah, he's like the Hulk. The madder he gets, the stronger he gets. Kind of <laughs> no, and and if Tannehill can be a little bit, you know, like he was last year, a little bit uh, stronger quarterback play, yeah, that'll start to open the whole field up for both sides of that ball, running back and wide out, definitely. And as far as McNichols goes, you know, I think we saw exactly what we thought we were going to see with him. He still retained his pass-catching role as, as far as running backs go with the team. He was three for three. Uh, three receptions on three targets for for just 11 yards, but uh, was still the most targeted running back on the team. But he also added seven carries, uh, which eclipsed his season high of two, um, which he had a few times uh, earlier in the week, which which obviously with Derrick Henry there, you're not going to hand the ball off to somebody else very often. But I do think that now that it's a shared backfield, I think McNichols does pick up a few more carries like he did this week. He had seven carries for 24 yards. So um, I think he's he's a pretty good play in 
PPR leagues because of that pass catching work. And with the added rushes that he gets, you know, he, he is a talented guy. He could, he could break a long run and pick up a, a nice chunk or even a long touchdown. But with the, with the added pass catching work, I think he's a, he's a flex ish player moving forward. I think from here on out. Yeah. I, I think like they, like you said, they kind of kept him in that like second role and, and pass catching and, and yeah, he'll see a few more carries. So uh, knowing that he's, with PPR especially he has the ability to get double digit points, maybe 10 to 12, including a touchdown. Possibly you might see him get a little more goal line sniff uh, Peterson being the first option. Yeah. I, I think he has that uh, kind of like a little bit of flex appeal, especially in the bye weeks when things get lean. Uh, one other name that I wanted to mention just quickly, he he didn't play in this game, but he did come off the IR this week. And that's Jeff Wilson jr. For the San Francisco 49ers. Elijah Mitchell has been, really good this year so far for them. And I don't necessarily see him seeding much work to Jeff Wilson Jr. But Kyle Shanahan is, you know, that we don't call it Shanahanigans for nothing. That guy, he's just, for whatever reason, you know, everybody thought Trey Sermon was going to be, uh, you know, a household name by this point in the season. And he just has barely played. So you never know what, what Shanahan is going to do there. And I think that if you, have an extra roster spot or you're really weak at running back, I think you should go out and pick up Jeff Wilson Jr. You could probably honestly wait until your waivers clear for the week and then add him to your roster without spending any fab or using your waiver claim. I don't think there's going to be a ton of teams out there looking to pick him up off of a zero for zero game this week, but there's always the chance that he could come back, take over the starting role and do what he did last year in the last four games of 2020, Jeff Wilson averaged 15 carries, 87 and a half yards, a little more than five targets per game, and scored a total of five touchdowns in those games. I know there was a lot of people, including myself, who Jeff Wilson helped carry me to a title last year. You know, Mm -hmm. I picked him up late uh, when when Mostert went down, and I think Hasty you know, went down and, you know, I remember last year, San Francisco, there was just a ton of injuries, like kind of like they have this year. But um, yeah, I picked up Jeff Wilson and, and started him the last couple of weeks in my fantasy playoffs and championship and 100% helped to win me a championship last year. So uh, maybe I have a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for him. But um, <laughs> you, you do that with some guys. Yeah. <laughs> like Josh Gordon. I, hey, man, I picked I, him up this year. Names. <laughs> not I picked him names. up this year when he started, when he when he signed with the, the Chiefs. I was, you know, eh, what no, the hell? No, John Brown's not rostered by anybody yet. Uh, so now you got your except for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there any other uh, any other running backs that you wanted to mention? I know you said you had a couple uh, guys just, you wanted to mention. Just real quick, uh, again, a couple injuries that happened yesterday with the New England Patriots. Uh, head injuries to Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. So uh, they were handing out head injuries in New England. Normally, the running back situation there can be a little bit of a uh, a quandary. And this season seemed like it was a little more focused where Harris really kind of took the lead. Uh, they traded Sony Michelle out to LA and, and Stevenson was drafted with the ability to try to push the next guy. And they had some filling guys, one of them being Brandon Bolden, who was pressed into service. And he's been there for a long time. He's a, a more of a special teamer, but an all reliable for, for Bill Belichick. And, and JJ Taylor was getting some looks. And then of course, when you fumble, you move to the back of the bus. So unfortunately, with those two injuries, maybe depending on how thin things are, 
if you are really desperate, you might want to look into Bolden or Taylor, depending on the murky situation that is the head injury. If they don't get cleared from concussions and things like that, you, you might be going that route. Now, mind you, too, they're going to be playing against the Cleveland Browns this week, who are pretty tough against the run for the most part. And, you know, depending on what your situation is, uh, you might want to monitor uh, those two just to see where things are. Bolden's been serviceable. He's had a few double-digit games and, and can make some plays out of the backfield. So, uh, again, maybe keep an eye on him and, and maybe J.J. Taylor, too. But see where you're at with Harrison Stevenson uh, moving forward with the head injuries. If somebody in New England is going to have to carry the ball, and their offense has been reasonable this season. So uh, just keep those guys in mind, and uh, you might need to just sneak them on your roster for a week or two. Yeah, New England's offense has been really balanced this year. So I think that whoever starts at running back for them is – it's going to get work. I mean, what they do with it is sort of, you know, debatable, I guess. But I think that either way, if both of those guys are out, Harris and Stevenson, uh, I do think that that Bolden and Taylor get, get plenty of, of looks, whether it be in the running game or catching passes out of the backfield. Is that it for running backs? Is anybody else? Nah, anybody not else really. I mean, I don't like to say there's, you know, maybe some type of fill it right now. It just seems so thin. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, it's almost like you need an injury to push somebody forward or, you know, again, that where you don't want to maybe ride a handcuff, but you're almost, uh, you're almost like, you know, uh, ambulance chasing, so to speak, to see a Monday morning injury <laughs> issues with, you know, this team's running back, you know, I mean, you, you want to find the Dearness Johnsons and, and guys like that, that just are going to fill in for somebody. Uh, I, I, you know, some people may have dropped Kareem Hunt, supposedly maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks, but you know, again, it's still Nick Chubb's backfield. He showed that again this past week. So, you know, you could do that. I, I teased with McNichol earlier this year and um, actually had him on my roster for a minute or two. A couple other people picked him up, put him down, and then ironically, Henry goes out. So now he becomes a little bit legit. So you can, if you have the roster space, you could look for somebody like that, uh, you know, like a second, third wheel that could be forced to the front. Uh, and based on situations and injuries, you might have a shot with them. But most of the guys we're going to want to fill in those slots with are, are coming up next in wide receivers. Yeah, true. Uh, one one guy, just real quick, I want to mention uh, Jordan Howard for the Eagles um, led the team in carries this week against the Chargers. I, I I said last week Boston Scott was my start of the week at running back. Probably should have went with Jordan Howard. I, I really thought that they were going to lean a little bit more on Boston Scott, but it looks like they like the the bigger back in Howard. And uh, again, he got a touchdown this week, two last week. So in in two games that Howard has played, he's he's got three touchdowns. Uh, I don't love picking him up, you know, as a, as a long-term hold because Miles Sanders will or should be back soon. And he's got two really tough matchups against Denver and New Orleans the next two weeks. So uh, I'm not really looking to roster any of these Eagles running backs as far as guys that I can play in the next few weeks while Sanders is out. But if you're really hurting, Howard does seem to be the guy that Nick Sirianni likes the best in that backfield somehow. I mean, I don't know how a guy goes from, you know, not, not on the active practice squad to three yards and a cloud of dust. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but you know, it's an option and the Eagles look like they've are finally starting to commit to running the ball a little bit. I know, you know, the matchups kind of dictated that the last couple of weeks and and game flow and things like that. So um, it's possible that they sort of veer away from that philosophy at some point in the future, but you know, it, it seems to be working. They destroyed Detroit. Obviously they, played a really close game against the good chargers team this week and ran the ball. Uh, you know, we were talking before the the podcast, they ran the ball 85 times in the last two weeks. So it, it's possible Jordan, Jordan Howard had 17 carries last this past week. And 
Um, I think it's very possible that he gets another 12 to 15 next week. If he can, if he can find the end zone against a, a tough Denver defense, he, he might be worth a spot start if you're really, you know, if you're really hurting in week 10, but you know, with these teams on by that don't really produce a lot of fantasy starters, I don't think you're really going to need a, a guy like Jordan Howard this week. Yeah. Yeah. The Eagles are trying to adjust on the fly. Exactly. And again, we, we have a little bit of a, a closer view here around the Philadelphia area and, uh, yeah, they they went from dropping their quarterback in shotgun 45, 50 times a game to, yeah, deciding to, hey, if we can hold on to the football by any means necessary. And that's, yeah, running the football and just taking what they give you. I mean, when you look at what Tennessee does, uh, and even sometimes with Cleveland, they're not maybe killing it with yards per carry and things like that, but you're just wearing that defense down and keeping them honest, opening up things for your passing game. So, yeah, Howard definitely looks to be the the guy right now. And then when Sanders gets back, it could be – rather interesting. I just dropped Gainwell in our league, as a matter of fact, because, uh, and of course, as I do it, he runs in for a touchdown because he hadn't been used the entire game. It's, <laughs> it was Jordan Howard. It was Scott. And it's like, oh yeah, let's oh, don't forget Kenny's on the bench too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Eagles right now with the running backs, a little murky, but if you had to pick, pick the one guy out of them, I, I would say, yeah, Jordan Howard seems to be the guy. Yeah. And I do like Sanders coming back. I know that you and I talked about that a little bit earlier, but <laughs> yeah, when he comes back, they'll stop running the football. <laughs> yeah. It's very possible. They're like, Oh, he's back. Never mind. <laughs> Miles isn't our guy. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's jump into wide receivers. Cause we're going to spend a little bit of time on this and I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to cut any of this, this short. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the wide receivers that we have. These guys are all rostered in 50% of leagues or less, except for one. Uh, the first one I'm going to give you is Sterling Shepard. He's rostered in 51% of leagues on average, uh, but everybody else is 50% or less. So I'm just going to give you a name and their roster percentage. And then Scott, you and I can kind of go back and forth on, you know, who we have ranked as, uh, you know, the, the, the best pick up if you are, you know, maybe wide receiver needy this week, or if you're just looking to add a guy to your roster that could potentially help you for the rest of the season. Sounds good. All right. So we got Sterling Shepard at 51%. We got Michael Gallup at 50%. Brandon Ayuk at 49%. Van Jefferson at 34%. Jamison Crowder at 31%. Rashad Bateman at 23%. Russell Gage at 16%. Elijah Moore at 13%, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 7 Jamal Agnew at 5 We also have Devontae Parker, who is currently on IR. He's 45% rostered, and I'm going to just talk about him real quick before we get started. Devontae Parker is a guy who I think you can pick up and put in your IR spot, especially if, you're, uh, you, know, if you have a free IR position available on your roster. Go ahead and grab him, slide him in that IR spot, and just hold on to him until he gets back. Don't necessarily know that the the shoulder and the uh, the the leg injury is going to, you know, be a problem. And obviously, it's a problem enough that they put him on IR, so he's going to miss at least three games. But now's the time to grab him for your fantasy playoffs because the Dolphins have a a pretty decent schedule moving forward for the rest of the season, and uh, I think Devontae Parker could be. Uh, a guy who, you know, you could throw into your flex position or your wide receiver two position and, and help you win a championship, uh, you know, come December. So as far as the other 11 guys, who do you think, how are you feeling about these guys, Scott? Um, so who'd you say you had at one? Uh, I had Shep. Well, I, I had Shepard. Shepard, yeah. I just I, listed I, them. I didn't put them in order of one to whatever for, for me. I put them in order of who was most rostered. 
So the guys mm-hmm. that I that I mentioned first, obviously, are, are going to be harder to, to pluck off your waiver wire. No, you I'll give you I'll give you Shepard if if you're taking him in as your one. I, I mean, I just ran through him real quick and just threw numbers next to him, looking at situationally. I think where they're at, and I mean, based on a PPR league like we're in, I mean, I'm always going to go with a, a Jameson Crowder kind of guy. You know that we're at least that floor is there of that eight to twelve points as a flex, and and possibly more if there's a touchdown involved. Sometimes it's going to be solid double digits. And then to see, uh, you know, uh, somebody else in there too, like uh, like Russell Gage, who, you know, when healthy in that offense, Matt Ryan's just letting it fly. And I mean, you saw Zacchaeus get involved. You saw Gage have a nice game, obviously Pitts. Um, those two right off the bat for me jump out. I, I like the Rashad Bateman. I would put him next. I, I think he's got a lot of moves and, and he's going to be a little more featured than a Van Jefferson who's right up there too. I mean, you saw Robert Woods was battling an injury Definitely was involved last night, but then you saw Jefferson starting to get a lot of looks too. I mean, it was a it was an odd game for the Rams being back, you know, on their heels trying to come back from from all that. But Stafford's got a little bit of a bang up. Um, yeah, they're after, not used to that. They're used to being the ones in front and yeah, having teams catch gas. up. Uh, yeah. yeah, Tennessee's defense has been out of this world the last few weeks. So that it's just you know they're shutting everybody down, which is just amazing. Um, so after Jefferson is my fifth uh agnew from the jaguars just based on the volume and people's jones would be seven for me elijah moore would be eight Ayuk nine he looks like he's out of the doghouse getting a little bit more involved and again with his breakaway speed and his skill set uh i like him there gallup 10 just getting back into the swing of things with dallas uh you know see how things go for him parker like you said you have to throw him on ior but at least you get him on your roster you can keep him for a couple weeks and uh, Deshaun Jackson would be probably the last guy just because the Raiders need that speed guy. You know, we, we saw them lose Henry Ruggs and, you know, that that's a big hole to fill. Zay Jones is kind of that type of player, but Jackson just commands that much respect where he's going to bring a cornerback or a safety with him the entire ride. So, yeah, no, I, I like a lot of those guys. For me, my top three would probably be Shepard, Crowder, and Gage. I think would would definitely be three guys that I would want to get on my roster immediately. And Shepard would be tough to get as far as that goes, looking at – all these players that are out there again these are guys that you know a lot of them probably went completely undrafted except for maybe one or two of them and and now they're beyond fantasy relevant they're almost week to week starts yeah based off of that and bye weeks definitely are going to play into that yeah and, and before the before the podcast i i sent you the list of names and i i purposely did not put my rankings on there because i didn't it didn't want to sway you in any way. I wanted to see exactly where you were at and fair you, and fair and fair and unba- um, unbiased. You know? Yeah, just, exactly. Just like the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but you hit you hit a uh, pretty much uh, on. I want to say dead on uh, the ranks that I had. Um, I'm a little bit lower on Crowder just because of the fact that there are two Jets on this list. Because he's a think, Jet. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's a Jet and because Elijah Moore is a Jet, and I think. You know, I think Elijah Moore is going to get a little bit more involved. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't want to say Crowder gets phased out, but I mean, even Denzel Mims is getting targets there now. So for a bad offense and Keelan Cole, yeah, lucky, Cole, yeah Cole had a good game. Well, looking at and looking at that that offense, too, like you're saying with the Jets now where Wilson's out, maybe coming back in a week or two. We saw Mike White, who looked pretty solid and then gets hurt. And then Josh Johnson comes in and. <laughs> Just goes, just goes off the chart. But I think part of that too is where 
the second or third string quarterback practices with the second or third string. So now suddenly, yeah, these guys are not used to being even in the game or getting flooded with targets and catches because I'm used to throwing to that guy for four or five days a week. I'm not used to throwing to Corey Davis, who's still out. And, and you know, yeah, Crowder, like you say, he's in the last year of a contract. He's a safety net, but we even saw Braxton Berrios getting a couple looks in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, that, that, that offense is across the board. But I think, like you're saying, more – uh, coming out of the preseason with a little bit of an injury and finally getting his legs under him, literally, yeah, he's starting to look like a very explosive player, like they hoped, and and almost like in an AJ Brown role coming out of Ole Miss and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think the Jets are, you know, unfortunately because their offense is so bad, I, I can't rank either of those guys very high, but I think that the potential for any of them, depending on the situation, is week to week is 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 high. So. Uh, I do obviously think, you know, Elijah Moore, I, you, we could say he's getting more involved. He's he's had a pretty consistent amount of targets. I think he's finally just kind of starting to understand the the NFL game a little bit. Um, he's finally making he's finally catching those targets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that that always helps with the uh, fantasy production. Uh so I'm going to just give you my rundown real quick just so that you know, there's a, there's a my perspective as well. So I agree with with Sterling Shepard is the one uh, I'm going Russell Gage as the two because he's the one on that team now as far as wide receivers go. I'm going to take probably Brandon Ayuk as the three, even though he kind of is the third fiddle on a run-first team. I do think that with a healthy Debo Samuel and George Kittle, I think that Brandon Ayuk is going to start getting some more opportunities. So I like him third. Uh, I have Van Jefferson at four just because of that offense that he plays on, and he does seem to be... Uh, now that Deshaun Jackson is gone, he does seem to be the deep threat guy, and and those those guys are good in fantasy football because they can they can put up big points in uh, in very few targets. I have Rashad Bateman at five, who I've been kind of pounding the drum for for uh, weeks now, but and I do love him, and I and I probably could move him up. I just think um, again, you know, being the third option on that team, you know, does does kind of keep him down the list a little bit. I have Crowder at six. I have Michael Gallup at seven, Donovan Peoples-Jones at eight, Agnew at nine, Elijah Moore at 10, and as you also have Deshaun Jackson at 11, I have him at 11 as well. I do think that Jackson, like Van Jefferson, could be the home run guy there in in Las Vegas, but I mean, I don't think he's as talented as Henry Ruggs was now at this point in his career. And I mean, if you're going to tell me that I can pick up Deshaun Jackson and get Henry Ruggs numbers, um, no thanks personally, that's, you know, just my opinion. But uh, so, you know, all these guys obviously have some value. It just depends what you're looking for. You know, like your guys like Crowder and Agnew, probably Russell Gage, you're going to get a lot more targets. And, you know, if you're in a PPR league or, or what have you, those guys probably are a little bit higher. And then you obviously you have your guys like Van Jefferson and your Deshaun Jackson and your Donovan Peoples-Jones, who are more of your, you know, big play, you know, deep threat type guys where if you get bonus points for length of touchdown, like, you know, I know some leagues do like over 40 yards or over 50 yards, you get bonus points. You know, those are the guys maybe that you want to pick up and, and you know, take a shot on in your league. But uh, with with 11 different options here, you know, 12, if you count Parker, I think that we're giving you enough to kind of, uh, you know, again, let you choose, pick your poison in this, in this spot and, uh, you know, pick the guy that you feel is going to benefit your team the most. And and maybe roster construction has something to do with it. If you're, 
you know, if you are a Lamar Jackson owner, maybe Rashad Bateman looks a little bit more appealing to you because of that, you know, that stack that you can, that you can do on a weekly basis. So it, it, it depends. I think all these guys are fairly close in value. And I think that you could realistically pick any of them up and be happy with the production that you're going to get out of them. Yeah, definitely. It's just going to happen. Like, yeah, uh, offenses have to spread the football around. So sometimes, yeah, they have to lean on some guys that maybe aren't aren't your top dogs. And like you said, yeah, where Gage is, has turned into the you know wide receiver one in in Atlanta, which nobody was expecting that coming out of the coming out of the draft or even the early part of this year. Uh, you know, getting all the way down to Djax, who's moved over to a team where yeah, he it could be a sink or swim for him. Yeah. He could just jump right in and really help contribute or just kind of go through the motions with, with another team. So, uh, you know, you could take your shot, look at the matchups, um, you know, and we're trying to give you ideas of, you know, people that are being included and involved more and more week to week. Some of these younger players like Bateman and, and Elijah Moore that are rookies that are really starting to step up and become a little bit more what they were expected. And maybe you're a week or two away from really starting to hit that consistent top 30, uh, you know, after position concepts, uh, you know, it's really just gaining the trust of the quarterback and hoping that situation stays good. All right. So moving into the other positions. So you and I talked a little bit before the podcast about maybe changing up the way we do our waiver wire for the single position. So your quarterbacks, your tight ends, your, your defense, special teams. And, you know, we had suggested earlier in the year when we were doing our waiver wire, picking up certain guys based off of, uh, you know, where they were in the fantasy, uh, you know, on the leaderboard, you know, we had a lot of Daniel Jones and stuff like that, where we were like, Hey, you got to go out and grab this guy because he's playing well, you know, of course, then we, we suggest him and he turns around and, you know, poops in his pants. So, uh, I think moving forward, maybe what, what we should do. And I think what we're going to do is kind of give you a couple guys each week that you could pick up for that specific week. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, we're going to mention them in this part and then they're probably going to, uh, I know for me, they're, they're going to end up being one of those guys is going to end up being my, my start of the week at that position. But I think that there's a number of guys that could help you each week. If you were, if you're missing somebody on by, if you have an injury or whatever the case is. I think that these guys can be a suitable fill-in for you for at least for a single week. So at quarterback, I'm just going to go through who who I looked at and who I like in, in, in week 10. Number one for me personally is Carson Wentz versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wentz has been really good the past couple of weeks. And uh, I, I just, you know, with the way that Indianapolis's offense and their defense is playing right now, I, I don't see that uh, falling off at all. Number two, I have Derek Carr versus Kansas City. Again, Kansas City's defense has been pretty terrible for for most of the season. And I think that, you know, with as much as the Raiders like to throw the ball, Derek Carr is a a viable option this week. Matt Ryan against the Dallas Cowboys. I know that when Calvin Ridley went out, a lot of people just dumped Matt Ryan and thought, oh, you know, he's, he's basically irrelevant at this point. He obviously showed that he's not this week against a pretty good New Orleans defense. So I think Matt Ryan is not an every week starter, but he is a potential streamer week to week when he has a good matchup. And I think this matchup against the Cowboys uh, is going to be decent enough for where you can start Matt Ryan if you need to. Number four is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Again, going against Indianapolis, who is bottom 12 versus quarterbacks. Uh, Lawrence isn't a guy that I'm looking to pick up or start, but again, in a pinch, 
I think, uh, against an Indianapolis defense that gives up a lot of points to fantasy quarterbacks. I think that he's definitely a decent start this week. And last, or should say number five, I guess who I have, uh, and this is a real desperation situation, is Mac Jones versus Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's defense is really good, especially pass rushing. But like we talked about earlier, there is the potential that Damian Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson could be out this week, which I think, even though I think New England would still attempt to run the ball, I feel like that's going to force them to throw a little bit more. And Cleveland gives up a lot of touchdowns through the air. So I think, you know, all this talk about Jacoby Myers and, you know, all these receptions and not having a touchdown, I think I'm predicting that this is the week that Jacoby Myers gets his first NFL touchdown. All right. So why don't you take the tight end, Scott, and let us know who who you'd be picking up at the tight end position this week to to potentially start. You got it, Pat. And speaking of Pat, there's a Pat out there right now, uh, Pat Fryermuth, who is uh, slowly but surely becoming a a very important part of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, obviously losing Juju Smith-Schuster earlier this year that took away one of Ben's targets. His arm is not what it used to be, not even close. (laughs) So getting something reliable underneath, it only took a couple games for him to kind of slide right past Eric Ebron. And there was a reason that he was drafted with the pedigree that he was. Uh, You got him going against Detroit this week. Now, this could be a difficult matchup. They aren't too shabby uh, against the tight end. Mind you, too, uh, they're probably going to be focused maybe on just trying to get Najee Harris out of the game as far as possible and taking him away. That could open up some things. But uh, if you're looking for a consistent week-to-week streamer, uh, I think Pat Fryermuth should definitely be uh, at the top of your list right now. Uh, another big name that is, again, he's a big name, but I think a lot of people are, have just, you know, maybe uh, maybe forgotten that, that you know, he's even playing on a team like Jacksonville. Dan Arnold, who's bounced around, and that's being polite when it comes to uh, talking about his career. Um, but he's always been serviceable. Now you see him being very serviceable in the Jacksonville offense. He's just getting the red zone looks. Uh, he, he's a player that that they are. Trevor Lawrence is leaning on him. Uh, you know, he's getting looking at most of his games. He's getting about 60 yards a game. He's making the receptions in PPR that you need. Hasn't scored the touchdown yet. So his numbers are only going to get better once he starts finding the end zone. When that happens, uh, you're going to look from a 10 to 12 to to a 20 points a game kind of guy almost. Uh, you know, he's not Darren Waller. He's not Travis Kelsey, but he's uh, he's very effective based on the targets he's receiving. And he's a solid pickup on a week to week level. Uh, you're going to see him very, very soon uh, becoming a little bit more of a top 10 name. They're going to be going up against Indianapolis this week. Uh, who has been, their defense has been a little up and down. Uh, they've, they've looked good in games. They look bad in games. So try to take advantage of Dan Arnold. Next guy we're going to look at, we've mentioned before here on the show, Pat and I, is Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings. Again, that's a very dynamic offense. He's not the top guy in the offense, not by any stretch. But when some of those safety valves and some of those secondary receivers are being pushed around and not getting their looks, He's a guy underneath who can definitely be one of the more involved players in that offense. You know, we've seen him picking up catches and trying to, again, he's another guy who isn't finding the end zone. So he's getting double digit points uh, almost on a weekly basis for the last few weeks. Uh, He had a 20 point game with a touchdown. So it goes to show you that these guys in in these almost pass first offenses, uh, the tight ends we've seen it over the years, they're becoming more and more viable options, not just two or three guys, but now you're talking about 
10 where you know you could you could have a tight end starter and a flex as a tight end in the same week you know the big uh, the big lineup so to speak you know the, the, on that level we're doing a goal line uh tyler conklin is out there moving on uh i know you said uh you like carson wentz and uh carson has a a target that that he does like to uh he does like to throw to once in a while mo alley cox we've mentioned him once or twice on this show he is Again, he's not the big name number one guy in that offense. Right now, it looks like Michael Pittman is really becoming the go-to for Carson. But when you are looking at players like, like we say, uh, you're looking at a player like a Mo Alley Cox, who is really getting involved uh, as much as possible and making the most of his opportunities. He's not heavily rostered. He's, he's a guy on the outside. Uh, you're looking at a matchup again this week. You're going up against Jacksonville, who... Defensively, they struggle all across the board. So to be able to get somebody of his caliber, maybe for a couple plays, and, and again, you're, you're looking at him in there. He could make a reception, get a touchdown. He might be able to get you six to 10 points. And sometimes out of the tight end position, that's not that bad. But he is red zone threat because he's a big target. Carson looks to him. Uh, and as long as he's not throwing to the other team, he might be throwing to Mo Alley Cox near the goal line. Uh, finally, we're going to get into... Uh, a guy who I ha I like, Dawson Knox, coming back off his hand injury. Uh, sounds like it was only minor and, and he'd be playing if he could. Hopefully that won't affect his receiving ability. And he was really catching on, starting to become what looked to be almost a, a top 10 to a top five tight end come season's end. And then the injury kind of just chipped in there and took that away from him. Uh, Tommy Sweeney's been involved a little bit in his role, but hasn't put up quite the same numbers. Uh, they try to spread the ball around a little bit. And I know this week they struggled mightily uh, against that vaunted Jacksonville defense. So once once you see somebody like Dawson Knox come back, a lot of people probably drop them. You have that roster spot, pick him up, get him on your team now and, and just hold that spot. Uh, he'll be he'll be playing and, and probably back up to speed within a week or two. And that gives you, again, you could have that flex appeal of another tight end, including maybe a big name that you already have. Maybe you have Mark Andrews, uh, you know, maybe a Dallas Goddard. Maybe you have Travis Kelsey or somebody along those lines. So, again, look for Dawson Knox. He's probably floating around out there. Somebody got tired and got him to pick up one of our wide receivers that we talked about. And in other news, we are going to move on to starts and sits for this week, correct? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to jump right in. Uh, I'll I'll be the first. And, and I know you did just mention this name. My start of the week for quarterback, I do like Matt Ryan versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're one of the worst holding back opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they're giving up close to 21, 22 points a game. Uh, they gave up almost 24 to Teddy Bridgewater, which... Uh, again, a lot of people, I think, were shocked to see uh, the, the output that Denver did and, and how they just held the football and pulled the Cowboys out of their own game, in, in a sense. Um, you know, not that they're that dynamic, but Matt Ryan has really been letting it fly. He has nothing to lose by doing it. Corderell Patterson has helped to save a lot of that offense's bacon. Gage had a nice game. Zacchaeus got involved. We know Kyle Pitts is a big target. And again, Matt Ryan is quietly, he's been this guy a lot lately in, in his leaner years. But I think you're definitely going to look to see uh, a nice game for Matt Ryan. Yeah, they turn the ball over a little bit. They definitely do, you know, from time to time. But and, and Dallas can capitalize on that. But I do like Matt Ryan this week. He would be my start of the week against the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to go with Derek Carr this week versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are the second worst team versus the quarterback. 
so far this year, giving up a, a ton of points to opposing quarterbacks. And generally that's because they're scoring points and their defense is so porous that they're just giving those points back up. But um, even Kansas City's offense has not been great. They've turned the ball over a ton this year, which just gives the other team's offense a, a few more possessions each game and, and allows them to potentially rack up some more yardage and points and things like that. Cars is in the top three in passing yards on the year, and he's thrown two touchdowns in six of eight games this year. And Kansas City has actually given up almost two passing touchdowns per game, which is tied for the eighth worst in the league. They're also giving up uh, 25.2 points, like actual points per game, which is also tied for the eighth worst in the league. And this game actually has a uh, pretty high over under of 51. And believe it or not, Kansas City is not favored uh, by many points in this game. This the, the over under is actually the fourth highest of the week. And the Kansas City Chiefs are only a two and a half point favorite in this game. So uh, a lot of potential points on both sides. I like Derek Carr this week against the Chiefs. I am, I, I've been pretty low on this guy uh, <clears throat> going into the season and, and, and everything else. Uh, I'm sitting Baker Mayfield this week against the New England Patriots. Uh, I know for some people that might be a streaming option or they might be looking to, uh, you know, get him involved in any way, shape or form. Just a couple quick notes. Uh, New England's number two versus quarterbacks. We, we talked a lot about how New England takes quarterbacks apart. They've done it uh, part and parcel throughout most of the season. Just a quick stat on Baker Mayfield and, and a reason that I'm not big, big on him. Um, just in a total quarterback play concept, through 54 games since he was drafted, he's only had 10 300-yard games. So that's dating back to 2018. Justin Herbert, he's already has 12 in 23 games. Trevor Lawrence already has two in his first eight games. I, the guy, I mean, I'm not riding OBJ. Uh, you know, I don't like to see teammates fight and blame each other for, for things that go wrong. But um, at the same time, he's just not a, a money quarterback on that level. He's had some big moments, don't get me wrong, but that there's a reason that they run the football as much as they do, and some of that is to hide some of the quarterback play. You know, he has a little connection with Peoples Jones. That's great, but I do see New England taking him out of this game. I would sit Baker Merrifield. Don't go near him against the Patriots. Agreed. And I'm going to sit Kirk Cousins this week versus the Chargers. You know, I do see some points getting put on the board in that game. But again, if, if Minnesota and, and I do believe, you know, NFL coaching staffs are, are, are pretty intelligent people. If Minnesota wants to win this game the same way that, you know, Philly needed to stay in the, the game against the chargers this week, they're going to have to run the ball. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Dalvin cook and the chargers just don't give up fantasy points to quarterbacks are the fifth best in the league. They're giving up less than 16 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks. And like I said, they're still really bad against the run. So I do expect Dalvin Cook to sort of run wild in this game. But I'm really looking at Cousins and and the wide receivers, uh, you know, as, as good as Thielen and Jefferson are. This is going to be one of those games where I think Minnesota is going to do a lot of damage on the ground and not really much through the air. I can see a passing touchdown here or there, but um, nothing, nothing major. So I'm going to sit Kirk Cousins this week. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, definitely. I could see that happening. And I, I do hope Dalvin Cook uh, runs wild personally. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you do. Moving on uh, Moving on to running backs. I kind of like uh, what might be a little bit running back two, uh, possibly a strong flex for some people. May already be starting him, but sometimes he might be on the bench because of Zach Moss, who received a head injury this week. So again, that might be a little murky. If it's Zach Moss and he's back to considering full healthy, I would go with him. But 
I'll say Devin Singletary versus the New York Jets. They are the worst defense against running backs, trying to do anything against them. They're giving up the most fantasy points, uh, averaging 31 points a game, roughly. Uh, And again, that's not counting all bonuses and different features for, you know, PPR and otherwise. Uh, I feel like any running back for that team is going to be in line for a big game. And obviously that offense is going to come out with a big chip on their shoulder after a stunning loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars who played them really tough on defense. Again, to see a defense like that with the Jets that just really just just gives up so many points like that to the running backs. Again, if Moss is healthy, Moss is the guy, but I think he might be, you know, he may be a little clouded. Again, if it was a legit concussion, sometimes the protocols hold them back. Uh, Coaching staff might do it too. So I'll say Devin Singletary uh, versus the Jets will be my start of the week. And speaking of shared backfields, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Melvin Gordon this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The Eagles are, are again, really good against wide receivers. They're really not giving up a a ton of points to the wide receiver position, but they're the fifth worst team versus the running back position. And again, I think this is going to be a fairly low scoring game. And I think both teams are going to, to be running the ball. I, I can see Gordon and or Williams having a good game. They just seem to lean on on Gordon a little bit more, and he he tends to get at least the first crack at goal line work in, in the games. I know that they both had uh, rushing touchdowns this week, but it seems like Gordon always gets the first rushing touchdown. So if, if either guy doesn't get the touchdown, it seems like that's Javante Williams. Um, but he does catch a few more passes out of the backfield, I guess. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Melvin Gordon this week. I do think he scores versus the Eagles. And uh, I don't think Javante Williams is a bad start either, but I'm going to, I'm going to plant my flag on, on Melvin Gordon this week. You plant that flag, sir. Yes. Against the Eagles. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So as far as who I don't like this week, uh, and I know he's been pretty solid, he is coming off a bye, but uh, DeAndre Swift uh, against Pittsburgh Steelers. uh, They are very tough against the running back. Uh, They're like the sixth best against running backs this year. They're fourth against running backs. I looked it up uh, as far as the most receptions allowed, which I know he can do a little bit of damage out of the backfield because of PPR. They haven't given up a touchdown to a running back receiving this year. Uh, And Swift hasn't done a lot with touchdowns. He's really just been yardage and PPR with a couple scores here and there. But at the end of the day, I don't like him against this matchup against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh just... You know, it's Detroit and they're going against Pittsburgh and you got your TJ Watts and you got that defense out there. So I don't like DeAndre Swift this week. I would try to I would sit him or or temper expectations, I, I should say, is more more likely uh, as as opposed to the RB1 that he's been throughout the season. He's probably flexy uh, versus that. But I don't like him against Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, he's he's tough. I was actually looking at him as well. I just I couldn't pull the trigger on sitting him because of how important he is to the offense. But I, uh, I I commend you for having the the cojones to do that. Hey, I don't have them, so I'll sit them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit uh, a guy we talked about earlier as as a waiver pickup. I'm going to sit Adrian Peterson this week. I do think he's going to continue to get more work, like I said, moving forward. I just think, unfortunately, this week against the Saints uh, is going to be pretty tough sledding uh, for Tennessee. The Saints are the fourth best team against running back position in fantasy football. And they are the 26th team against the wide receiver position. The Saints, they're only giving up 3.2 yards per attempt, which is top five. And they've only given up five rushing touchdowns uh, on the entire season so far. I know that Peterson, he's a big name guy from the past, but he's never going to be the the 20 plus carry Derrick Henry type player of this offense. He's going to need to be efficient 
and he's going to need to score touchdowns in order to put up fantasy numbers. And like I just said, New Orleans, one of the best teams as far as yards per attempt and touchdowns allowed on the season. So I think that uh, unfortunately what Peterson needs to be relevant is exactly what the Saints do not give up. So I'm going to go ahead and say Adrian Peterson this week. Yeah, sounds about right. Still working him into that offense. Wide receivers. Uh, I am looking to start a one Marvin Jones Jr. versus the Indianapolis Colts. They are uh, pretty poor, I should say, uh, against wide receivers. They've given up the most touchdowns versus the position with, I believe it was 15. That's a lot. That's Again, that's a defense that's been a little bit up and down. Uh, we saw them look pretty solid at the beginning of the Jets game and look pretty horrible uh, just trying to stop the bleeding against the Jets and kind of let them make it a game near the end. Uh, Marvin Jones has struggled uh, for the last couple of weeks because he's really been the only factor in the offense as it's been growing under Trevor Lawrence, under Urban Meyer. I could see him getting back on track knowing a defense gives up that much to this guy, uh, you know, as far as his position and, and what he brings to the table. Uh, I like Marvin Jones Jr. I think he's a solid start. He's probably going to be at least a wide receiver too, uh, somewhere in that 15 to 20 points, gets his receptions, gets his targets back this week against Indianapolis. Yeah, I like it. I, I hope that's the case because I might have to start him this week. So there you go. Taking advice. <laughs> I uh, I really like Rashad Bateman, another guy that we talked about uh, in our waiver pickup portion earlier. He gets to go against Miami this week, which the Dolphins are the fourth worst team versus the wide receiver. They give up over 42 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. And most of that has been to the number two receiver on the team, which Obviously, Bateman is the number two behind Hollywood Brown um, in this game. And if you break it down, I mean, realistically, you know, you get a couple Devin DuVernay, you know, targets per game here and there. But the Ravens, basically, when they throw the ball, they are looking for Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and now Rashad Bateman in this past week uh, versus the Vikings. It was Hollywood with 12 targets, Andrews with 10, and Bateman with eight. So, all of their, all of Lamar Jackson's past attempts are really uh, concentrated on those three guys, and I think that obviously, you know, all three of these guys have been putting up monster fantasy numbers so far this year. Excuse me, two of the three have been putting up monster fantasy numbers this year. I think this week Bateman makes that three of three, and I think that he has his first NFL touchdown this week. Uh, two predictions I'm making this week. Uh, I'm making a prediction for Rashad Bateman to get his first NFL touchdown in a, in a much a uh, quicker timeline, uh, unfortunately, than it's taken Jacoby Myers. But um, I do think he's going to score a touchdown versus Miami this week. And I, and I like starting Bateman against the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, I'm going to temper expectations. I'm not saying truly sit, but I think you get a poor week uh, this week. I don't like him going off uh, Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying sit him. I know he's in the sit column, but I'm thinking, uh, yeah, where he's usually a top five option for a lot of people. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are third best against wide receivers. Their secondary, their whole defense is built to shut down this Kansas City offense. They've been shutting themselves down a little bit too lately on their own uh, between poor quarterback play, the offensive line issues, running backs, non-existent, you name it. Uh, and that defense, which seems like it helped them to get to the point where they are, it definitely struggles as well. I just would say I have to temper expectations for Tyree Kill this week. So I, I in a sense of sit, um, I wouldn't say sit him, no, but I don't think that he's going to be that the cheetah. Uh, he's not going to be out there killing it. And he's had a quad injury he's been dealing with, so I know he's had some some decent games, but 
at the same time, he, he looked like he struggled a little bit against Green Bay. And I have a decent secondary, so I could see that happening uh, again this week. All right. And my set for the week is going to be Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos. Going up against Philadelphia, they're the third best team versus wide receivers. And again, you know, when you look at the Eagles, they're giving up a ton of points to the running back position, to the tight end position. They're, they're not great necessarily against the quarterback position either, but they're really good against wide receivers. Uh, Darius Slay has returned to his old shutdown corner form, uh, you know, from his Detroit days. And uh, when Philly gets beat through the air, it's, it's like I said, it's usually with tight ends or the second worst team in the league versus tight ends. They've actually given up uh, in this past week against the Chargers. They gave up three top 10 tight ends in the same game, which I don't know that that has ever happened before in fantasy football. But uh, I do see a big week for Noah Fant or Albert O. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that name. Okwebenam. All right, I attempted it, and I think I nailed it, honestly. But uh, I don't see Corlin Sutton having a good game. I do think he's going to get shadowed by Darius Slay. Uh, Slay seems to take the bigger wide receiver for most teams, and Sutton happens to be that guy. Could, I could see Jerry Judy, you know, potentially catching a few underneath passes and, and things like that. You know, sort of where the the tight ends tend to hang out. But Sutton is sort of their air yards guy, their deep threat. And, you know, when he misses, like he did this week against Dallas, you know, Denver put up 30 points on the Cowboys and, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton went one catch for nine yards. So I think it's another, another down week for Sutton, uh, against this Philadelphia Eagles team. And, uh, Rudy had a little bit of an emergency. He had to cut out. So I'm going to go ahead and cover his starts and sits for the last two positions real quick and kind of sign us off from there. Rudy's start just happens to be the guy that I just mentioned, Noah Fant. If he plays this week, um, which it looks like he should, he was on the COVID list, but he is vaccinated. And uh, as long as he is symptom-free and has two negative tests before next week, you should slide back in there against Philadelphia. Like I said, Philadelphia is the third worst, excuse me, the second worst team versus tight ends. You know, obviously Noah Fant is an integral part of the Denver Broncos offense when he's out there. So I think it's, it just is a very easy, a very easy start in, in his case for Fant this week against Philadelphia. I am going to start Dan Arnold of the Jacksonville Jaguars versus those Indianapolis Colts. I know that Rudy went with the uh, Marvin Jones there, but uh, the Colts not only give up a lot of points to the wide receiver position, but they're also the fourth worst team versus the tight end as well. They actually do really well against the running back position. So I think the way to beat the Colts is obviously to throw the ball. So I think that, you know, obviously this is why we mentioned Trevor Lawrence as a potential streaming option this week. I, I don't think that the Jags win this game, but I do think that they have the opportunity to score some points through the air. And Indianapolis is very good against the run. They're giving up just under a thousand yards and only two rushing touchdowns for the entire season. But like I said, you can throw on them. And I think uh, Dan Arnold being a top eight tight end in targets, receptions, and yards the last three weeks is a recipe for a good game versus the Colts. He hasn't found the end zone yet this year, but uh, I do think that that's potential. Another touchdown this week for Dan Arnold. See if I can go three for three, calling 
guys getting off the schneid with their their touchdown. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and predict Dan Arnold gets a touchdown this week against the Colts as well. So let's let's see how many I get right out of that that three. And as far as sits go for the tight end position, Rudy's gonna go with Jared Cook for the last Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are going up up against the Minnesota Vikings who just did a pretty good job at shutting down Mark Andrews. Uh, I don't want to say shutting him down. Andrews had a, a decent game, a lot of targets, but the Vikings sort of wrapped him up pretty quickly and and didn't allow him to score this week. He was five for 44 on the day on 10 targets. I think they uh, the Minnesota Vikings do a really good job against the tight end most weeks. They're seventh best versus the tight end position. And I think that Jared Cook, especially with the fact now that you have Donald Parham and Steven Anderson both getting involved for the Chargers as they did this week. Uh, it's just, I guess, a little bit further pushed down the feeding line, I guess you want to call it, that Jared Cook gets. Uh, you know, obviously, you're already looking at Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, as guys that Justin Herbert is going to target. But now you have, you know, two other tight ends in the mix that are getting looks and going already going against a tough defense versus the tight end to begin with. So, I think Jared Cook is uh, a good sit, and that's who Rudy is going to go ahead and sit this week. For me, it's going to be Dallas Goddard versus the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are second best versus the tight end, and they just shut down one of the top offenses in in the league in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas did end up coming back and putting 16 points on the board, but that was all late garbage time stuff where... Denver was in a prevent defense, basically just you know trying to run the clock out and not give up any big plays. So for the for the majority of that game, Denver's defense was super solid. Again, Philadelphia hasn't been great on offense. Jalen Hurts is is completing less than six sixty five percent of his passes, and it, it's a struggle. I mean, it, the Eagles are running the ball more, which I, I believe they're going to have to continue to do if they want to win football games. And I think that unfortunately, Dallas Goddard was going to be one of the main guys that suffer from that increased run game, but it's a team sport and you got to do what is best for the team to win. But I would sit Dallas Goddard this week versus the Denver Broncos. Moving on to defenses. Rudy is going to start the new England Patriots this week versus the Cleveland Browns. New England has been a pretty solid defense this year as, as they always seem to be. They are forcing the fourth most turnovers in the league with 16 so far. They're also really good against the run. They're giving up about 109 rushing yards per game and only 4.1 yards per attempt. They've only given up a total of five rushing touchdowns, which is where Cleveland tends to score most of their points. His sit of Baker Mayfield ties into the fact that New England has 13 interceptions on the season, which is the most in the league. And I think that in this instance, the Patriots defense sort of, it's more of a strength on strength thing here with the Patriots defense and the, and the Browns offense. I think this could be a very low scoring game. And I think that if the Browns are forced to throw the ball, that could be a a very bad thing for Cleveland. And I think that new England keeps this game close and and potentially even upsets uh, the Browns in this one. My start of the week is going to be the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jaguars. The Jags are the seventh worst team versus defense special teams. They've turned the ball over 14 times, which is the sixth worst in the league. And Indy is actually number one in the league in total turnovers with 20. So going off of you know what tends to make 
defensive points happen in fantasy football, you know, that's turnovers. I know, you know, we like to pick teams that don't score a lot of points, which, you know, in this case, Jacksonville doesn't score a ton of points either. They're uh, bottom 12 in the league in points scored. But the big thing is turnovers. When you have one of the teams that turns the ball over the most playing against the defense that creates the most turnovers, I think that just is a recipe for a potential overall number one defense on the on the week. And I think Indianapolis has a really good shot at being the number one defense this week. So I'm going to go ahead and start the Colts in every league that I can this week. For our defensive sits, Rudy is going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers this week playing the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the second best team versus the defense and special teams. They're giving up under three points per game to the defense position in fantasy football. And that's mostly because they don't turn the ball over. The Vikings only have a total of five turnovers on the year, which is second best in that category as well. The Chargers force a few turnovers here and there, but most of those are interceptions. But I don't see the game plan for the Vikings being to throw the ball a ton. Like I said earlier, I think Scott and I are in agreement that the game plan for the Vikings is probably going to be to run, which slows the game down. It tends to lessen the score. And I think that the way to beat the Chargers is is to run the ball uh, against that smaller defense and keep the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands for as long as possible. So I see the Minnesota Vikings doing that. And I think that Scott sees them doing that as well. And so he is sitting the Chargers defense this week versus Minnesota. And I am going to sit the Carolina Panthers going against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are the fifth best team versus the Defense special teams giving up only 3.4 points, fantasy points per game on average to the defense. Carolina's defense started strong. They, they've been solid the first few weeks, but it seems like their defense has struggled kind of in tune with their offensive struggles. Turnovers have sort of put teams in position, you know, good field position, easy scoring position. And that's been really bad for the Carolina defense. I think that in order for Carolina to sort of right the ship, they're going to need to correct those those turnovers on offense in order to to help their defense. After not giving up a 20-point performance in the first three weeks of the season, Carolina's given up 20-plus in five of their last six. And Arizona is the highest-scoring team in the league right now. Not only that, but they're only averaging one turnover per game, which is tied for the seventh-best in the league. So lack of turnovers plus points scored just is a, a bad combination for uh, a defense to, to go against. And for that reason, I am sitting the Carolina Panthers this week uh, on the defensive side. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the week. Hopefully we gave you guys some insight. I know that we did things a little bit differently this week than we normally do. But like I said, hopefully that's something that is for the better and something that you know, you all, uh, I guess, appreciate and, and it helps you more. If you like the way that we used to do things and you want us to go back to that, you know, like I said, you can always contact us. We, we appreciate the, the feedback. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Our email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click on the little plus to follow the show. And if you like what we do, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy info to take your team deep here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.